this is WMCN and at 91.7 FM, the Callister Radio, and this is DJ Bright with Heavy Metal Mayhem. Um, today's PSA is to take the snow off of the hood of your car, or like the engine part, like the, yeah. Um, because if you are going fast on the road, that snow might end up going into someone else's windshield at top speed and breaking their windshield. <laughs> um, all right, so in today's news, um, the band Ginger from Ukraine released a statement on um, how they're safe and sound and to stop the war against Ukraine. Um, I'd read a little bit of that statement, but I don't have it pulled up. Um, listen to Ginger, they're actually pretty good. They're not really my thing. I'm not really into like vocals that scream too much, but um, yeah. So today we're going to talk about the history of Metallica, and so what, how Metallica was formed. Um, so James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich both put up newspaper ads in 1981 about how they wanted to start a band. And so they both were like, hey, you know, we both have a newspaper ad. Let's make a band together. So they did. And um, the original lineup was James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Dave Mustaine, and Ron McGovney. Um, so they originally practiced in Ron McGovney's um, uh, garage, and they, uh, um, yeah, sorry, uh, they um, came up with a few covers and a few original songs, such as Am I Evil, Hit the Lights, Seek and Destroy, The Mechanics, and, um, the, yeah, and um, eventually... They um, kicked Ron McGovney out of the band because they found a better ba bass player, Cliff Burton. But Cliff Burton's condition for joining the band was that they all moved to San Francisco. So they moved to San Francisco. And then eventually they got a record deal and moved to New York. But they decided, I think this was after the incident, that um, apparently James Hetfield punched Dave Mustaine's dog. So Dave Mustaine punched him. And uh, <laughs> they um, originally... Uh, we're talking about how, you know, Dave Mustaine, they, they kicked up Dave Mustaine out of the band for being too rowdy and too drunk, which is funny because they'd later be known as Alcoholica. So they hired Kirk Hammett of the band Exodus from California and then proceeded to record their de debut album, Kill Em All. Today's song I'm going to be playing is um, The Four Horsemen, which was originally known as The Mechanics, but... Um, they changed the name once Dave Mustaine uh, left the band, and I think they changed the lyrics, too. Uh, so, here we go. Yeah. 
All right, everyone, that was The Four Horsemen by Metallica. This is WMCN 91.7 FM McAllister Radio. And right now, we are going to get into the history of Megadeth, a.k.a. my favorite. Well, I love Metallica, too. We're going to get into that later. Anyway, so Dave Mustaine, the jilted ex-guitarist of Metallica, went, was sent home on a Greyhound in 1982 because the band Metallica fired him for being too rowdy. On the way back to California on this Greyhound, he came up with a plan for revenge. And that's where he came up with the name Megadeth on the bus. Um, and then, so he met the man who would eventually become his bassist, everyone's favorite Minnesotan, David Ellison, uh, when he threw a potted plant at David Ellison's window because he was being too loud. And eventually they bought some beers and reconciled and became friends. And so that started the journey of Megadeth, where um, Dave Mustaine, David Ellison, and a few other people um, uh, started playing around town in a, I don't know exactly where it was, it was in California, and then they eventually got a record deal with Killing in Is My Business and Business Is Good. I would play a song from that album, but I'm not allowed to. The FCC says no, because every song is explicit. <laughs> um, so we're going to skip to their next album, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? With the lineup of Dave Mustaine, David Ellefson, Chris Poland, who is one of my favorite Megadeth lead guitarists, and Gar Samuelson. Um, Peace Sells But Who's Buying is a song about war, which is one of the many themes, political themes, that Dave Mustaine sings about in his many songs. Um, Dave Mustaine fancies himself a bit of a political activist, and he really does like to sing about politics. I think, I think he's a libertarian just because he's so anti-government. As in, he will oppose literally anything the government does just out of spite. I'd, but with a bit of a conservative flair, this year um, he actually went on an anti-mask rant at one of his concerts. Um, but in 1992, he hosted the um, MTV's footage on the Democratic National Convention. So... I, I don't really know exactly where his politics lie on the scale, but we will figure that out soon. So here is Peace Sells from the album Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? Um, give me one second to pull it up. I'm very sorry. All right.
everyone. This is WMCN McAllister Radio, and that was Peace Cells by M Megadeth. I was about to say Metallica. Oh, Dave Mustaine would kill me for that. Honestly, one of the things I want to see in my lifetime is Dave Mustaine singing, like, an honest-to-God Metallica song. Not, like, one he wrote, like, The Four Horsemen or Seek and Destroy, but, like, an honest-to-God Metallica song. I'm voting for Blackened. I love Blackened. That's such a good song. Anyway, so we're going to get into Metallica's second album, Fade to Black. No, wait, their second album is Ride the Lightning. The song I'm playing is Fade to Black. Um, it's one of Metallica's seminal ballads, and I think that's one of the greatest things about the band is that they're not afraid to go slow and play a few ballads. Um, and, uh, yeah, as well, um, I'm going to talk about the bass playing in Peace Cells because that little bass riff is really catchy. I love that bass riff. And I believe it's a step up from the bass on Killing Is My Business, and Business Is Good, because if you listen to mechan the mechanics, which is like Megadeth's version of the Four Horsemen using the same riff, it's just the same thing but faster. And it doesn't have Cliff Burton's really like awesome bass lines. Like during the chorus, he goes, -dum 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 -dum, and Dave Allison just goes, and I'm, you know, I was a little disappointed. I like the fa I like mechanics's you know, faster tempo, but I was a little sad that they didn't keep the blue do 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 I guess Dave Mustaine didn't think Allison was capable, but he clearly is. If you listen to Peace Cells, you know, you know he's capable of putting in some really cool bass lines, and I was very disappointed. Anyway, here's Fade to Black by Metallica. Mm-hmm. 
everyone. That was Fade to Black by Metallica. This is WMCN 91.7 FM, McAllister Radio. Um, another public service announcement. Um, today at noon in the John B. Davis Lecture Hall, a few political science professors, including one who has studied Eastern Europe extensively and has lived in the area, are going to be talking about the invasion of Ukraine. You guys should totally go. Um, it's very interesting. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to go because I also have like a hackathon thing going on. But you guys should totally go learn more about the situation in Ukraine from the experts. They'd love to have you. And so now we're going to get into Sweden. September 26th, 1986. Metallica are touring. And on the tour bus, Kirk Hammett and Cliff Burton have a rock, paper, scissors game to decide who is going to get the top bunk. The least comfy bunk. Cliff Burton loses, and therefore he gets the top bunk. At 12 a.m. On, on September 27, 1986, the bus flips over. The driver wasn't paying attention. It was half asleep in his seat. And the bus collapses on top of the top bunk. Everyone was able to get out, except for Cliff Burton, the bassist. And that is where this story of Metallica's downfall <laughs> begins. Don't get me wrong, I love Jason Newstead, Cliff Burton's replacement, but I feel like everything after the Black Album sort of went downhill. That's just my opinion. So we're going to play um, one of the um, songs that best shows off Cliff Burton's bass prowess, because dude was seriously talented. All right, so this is Orion by Metallica.
there, you might be wondering, hey, Bright, what exactly happened with Megadeth while this whole thing with Cliff Burton was going on? Well, I have the answer for you. After Peace Sells, Dave Mustaine fired his lead guitarist and drummer. Chris Poland, I'm so sorry, Chris Poland and Gar Samuelson for doing too many drugs. This was coming from a man who self-admittedly did a lot of drugs during the 80s and 90s. Anyway, so then he hired guitarist Jeff Young, and I forgot what the other drummer was, but he didn't exactly like them. You see, Jeff Young wasn't a talented enough guitarist for Dave Mustaine, and the drummer was more into punk drums, not jazz drums, which is what Dave Mustaine preferred. He preferred a more flexible drummer with a jazz style because that was what Megadeth was founded upon, more of a, a jazz-inspired heavy metal style. With this new lineup, he recorded one album, 1988, So Far, So Good, So What? I was going to play my favorite song off of there, In My Darkest Hour, because it's a seminal um, Megadeth ballad, and I love Megadeth ballads. I love any type of rock ballad, but sadly the FCC said no because it is explicit, so I am playing the one notable non-explicit song I found on this album, a cover of the Sex Pistols' Anarchy in the UK, in which Dave Mustaine famously got one of the lyrics wrong. And also, he played this song at a concert venue in Ireland during when Ireland was having a lot of troubles, which apparently sparked some sort of riot at the concert. Basically, don't be Dave Mustaine. That's a really bad idea. Anyway, here's Anarchy in the UK.
All right, everyone, that was Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols, covered by Megadeth. Now you might be wondering, well, what exactly was Metallica doing while Megadeth was releasing So Far, So Good, So What? So I will tell you. Um, in 1986, after Cliff Burton's death, they took exactly six weeks off to grieve before restarting the tour with a new bassist, Flotsam and Jetsam's Jason Newstead who I love, I think he's really cool, but James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich did not share my opinion. Um, they ended up hazing him and just being all around awful to him during his time in the band, and he eventually left in 2002, I believe. But for now, Jason Newstead is my favorite bassist. Um, well, he still is. I, lo I love Cliff Burton, too. They're both really good. They sort of tie as my favorite Metallica bassist for different reasons. Cliff Britton because of his technique and Jason Newstead because of his resilience. Anyway, they were so petty to Jason Newstead that I ended up cutting out his bass tracks on the, uh, their next album, 1988's And Justice For All, which is why it sounds funny. Um, fans eventually remixed the bass tracks in, in, an, in compilation albums on YouTube called And Justice For Jason. Um, one fan presented Jason Newstead with a CD of this album, and Jason Newstead actually told them, you know what, I'm actually, I actually think the way it came out was the way it was supposed to came, come out, and I'm thankful, but you really didn't need to do this. Um, there's an interview on Loudwire where he actually talks about this. You should totally check that out. I thought that was really cool. Anyway, here's Blackened by Metallica, a.k.a. my favorite track off of Van Justice for All.
All right, everyone, that was Blackened by Metallica, a.k.a. my favorite song off of the And Justice for All album that isn't one, And Justice for All, I Have the Beholder, or Harvester of Sorrow. Yes, I have a lot of favorites. I love that album. Anyway, another album I love is Megadeth's Rust in Peace album from 1990. This was after Dave Mustaine fired Jeff Young and the punk drummer, who I forgot his name. I'm very sorry. And hired Nick Menza, a ja- uh, acclaimed jazz drummer, and um, Marty Friedman, my all-time favorite Megadeth guitarist. Every song that he has played in, from his old band Cacophony to his solo work from the 80s and after Megadeth to every song in Megadeth has somehow managed to be catchy. He's really talented, and he brings all sorts of exotic stuff into his playing. And one of my favorite solos that he has ever played is the solo from Tornado of Souls. That was the song that got me into Megadeth. See, I had originally listened to the song Sweating Bullets, which is a very avant-garde sort of prog rock song from Megadeth. And it didn't endear me to the band much because Dave Mustaine's vocals are very harsh and the time signature is very, like, it's just, the song is very sort of grating on the ears to listen to and it's like that on purpose. But Tornado of Souls is just a catchy, good, fun headbanger. And I love that song so much. Anyway, here is Tornado of Souls by Megadeth.
everyone, that was Tornado of Souls by Megadeth off of their 1990 album, Rust in Peace. This is WMCN, McAllister Radio, 91.7 FM. Um, this hour's public service announcement is to be careful while driving on the snow here in sunny St. Paul. I'm saying sunny sarcastically. I mean, it is sunny outside, but also it is super cold. Anyway... So, what was Metallica doing while Megadeth was riding the high from Rust in Peace? The answer is, they were, they were recording their number one best-selling album. Or what was to become their number one best-selling album. The Black Album, or their self-titled album, Metallica. Produced by producer Bob Rock, it was a foray into more mainstream endeavors. Um, versus their, flash p their thrash pass, I'm so sorry, I'm tired. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be playing one of their most adventurous songs from this album, in which they go into drop D and down tune their whole and down tune their guitars. This is Metallica's "Sad But True."
Surprisingly, Dave Mustaine didn't kick Nick Menza and Marty Friedman out of the band after one album, and they went on to record their second album in that lineup, 1992's Countdown to Extinction. Their most famous song off of this album is Symphony of Destruction, but they also have a few other bangers, especially ones with political themes. I think that was one of the main things of Countdown to Extinction. Um, so we have Foreclosure of a Dream, which is about taxes. We have Architecture of Aggression, which is about the um, Gulf War that took place in 1991 with Saddam Hussein combating against uh, George H.W. Bush over the siege of Kuwait. Um, uh, I think Foreclosure of a Dream is a great example of Dave Mustaine's politics because it really goes into how much this guy hates the government to the point where he hates taxes. Well, I understand hating taxes. Like, I mean, it's a pain to pay. But I think my main gripe with taxes is the fact that Elon Musk paid about as much taxes as a teacher, despite getting a teacher's whole salary in about a day. That's sort of... I mean, Dave Mustaine is right when there's something wrong. By saying there's something wrong with the system, I just think he's going about it the wrong way. Anyway, here is Foreclosure of a Dream by Megadeth.
compare taxes to the Holocaust. I don't know what I expected from him. <laughs> anyway, uh, the reason why Dave Mustaine sings for Megadeth, in case you were wondering, was because he didn't get along with any of the singers that he chose for the band. He even kicked one out for wearing eyeliner because he thought it was a prissy move. You know, when I showed my sister, who isn't a metalhead, a picture of Megadeth and asked her, does this look gay? She said, this looks really gay. And you know, I feel like Dave Mustaine spent a lot of time trying to reassert his, heteronorm his heterosexuality. Especially since, you know, Rob Halford, the famously gay singer of Judas Priest, was flirting with him in the early 90s. I'm very curious as to whether Dave Mustaine even noticed. I think he did. But I still find that funny. Because they were very close friends, and I think that was because Rob Halford had a crush on him. I mean, who can fault him? Dave Mustaine was really cute in the 90s. Shamey was such a butthole. Anyway, in 1994, with the same lineup of Nick Menza and Marty Friedman, a.k.a. Megadeth's best lineup, they released another album, Euthanasia, in which they went into slower jams and a little less of a thrashy sound. One of my favorite Megadeth ballads, A Tout Le Monde, a song about death, and even it could be interpreted as suicide, is on that album. That song really got me through a, a tough time last year, and I'm very thankful to it. It was actually my number one most listened to song. It's a little ridiculous. Anyway, here is Megadeth's A Tout Le Monde. Don't remember where I was. I realized life was a game. More seriously, I took things. The harder the blows became I had no idea What it cost My life passed before my eyes I found out how little I accomplished All my plans tonight I'm 
All right, everyone, this is WMCN 91.7 FM, McAllister Radio. And after the success of the Black Album and six years of touring, in which Jason Newstead cut his glorious, glorious hair, I'm still a little mad about that because his hair looked really cool, um, Metallica was finally ready to release their next album, Load. Um, it's a little more of a slow jam, mainstream rock type thing. Um, and they also have enough material from Load to release a second album, Reload, right after. Um, this is one of the most famous songs off of Load, King Nothing. Thank you. 
All right, everyone, that was Metallica's King Nothing off of their album, Load. Um, correction to what I said about Load, everyone cut their hair, not just Jason Newsted. Just Jason Newsted did it first in 1993, and they, the rest of the band waited until 1996. I'm a little sad about Kirk Hammett cutting his hair, too. He looks weird with his hair short, and he also got a bunch of piercings. Like, nothing against piercings, they just looked a little weird on Kirk Hammett. Love the dude. Uh, well... I'll definitely say Dave Mustaine is a little more of a talented guitarist, because if you listen to the demos for um, Kill Em All, which they originally were going to call Metal Up Your Bleep, can't say the word, it starts with an A and um, ends with SS, and that is all you know. Um, Metal Up Your Bleep. Uh, if you listen to the version of Seek and Destroy, the guitar solos that Dave Mustaine plays versus the ones that Kirk Hammett plays on the actual record are much cleaner. Um... So I definitely think Dave Mustaine is a more talented guitarist. I don't know if he still is, because Dave Mustaine famously never practices. Um, <laughs> wish I could get away with that, right? Anyway, um, so um, around the same time as Load was being released, Megadeth was working on their, um, I think it's their last album with Nick Menza, but Marty Friedman stayed on until Risk, their next album, which was famously known as a bad album. I feel like everything after Risk and everything after Reload um, sort of went downhill. Um, I know Dystopia on um, Megadeth's 2016 album was the first one to win the Grammy, but I tried listening to the title track off of there, and it didn't really sound like Megadeth. It sounded like any other like rock band or metal band that had been around in 2016. I was a little sad because Megadeth sort of has its own distinctive sound and flair, and I felt like they were sort of throwing it away. Maybe another episode I'll do where I play some tracks from Metallica's worst album, St. Anger, Megadeth's worst album, Risk, and everything around and after that. But for now, we're going to be playing Megadeth's song from the album, most popular song from the album, Cryptic Writings, She-Wolf, which is about um, a woman. <laughs> Mother of all that is evil Her lips are poisonous and venom
All right, everyone, this is 91.7 FM, WMCN, McAllister Radio, and that was She-Wolf by Megadeth off of their album, Cryptic Writings. Now you might be asking me, Blight, what is your favorite artist? Do you like Megadeth or Metallica better? Now, that's a complex question because I love both bands. Megadeth sort of is a little more complex and has more of a jazz influence, but Metallica is sort of beautiful in its simplicity. But I actually sort of like Dave Mustaine's vocals better, at least in the thrash genre, um, because they were just a little more aggressive. Like, I love James Hetfield, and um, I think he's really good at, like, singing ballads, like Fade to Black, and maybe um, there's other ones, like The Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters off of the Black Album. Those are some of their most famous songs, and um, I really like that. I think Metallica's really good at, like, being pretty and beautiful, and Megadeth is really good at, like, you know, being complex and sort of, like, you know, I feel like it's good whenever you're, it's easier to appreciate whenever you're really into, like, music theory and you can understand, like, all the cool progressions they're doing and just, like, how exotic and, like, awesome Megadeth is. Anyway, you guys should call in and tell me your opinion. Um, the phone line is one six five one six nine six six three one two. Um, that is one. 651-696-6312. I look forward to hearing your opinions. And I'm going to play in a little, uh, just a filler playlist while we get into here. All I really want is something beautiful to say. All I really want is something beautiful to say. Never been able to find a light behind your dead eyes Not anything at all the number to call in is 1-651-696-6312. Please call in, otherwise you might have to listen to more new metal. Not that that's a bad thing, just some rock snobs get on to people about it.
that was Words as Weapons by Seether. Um, I've decided that since no one's calling in, I'm going to play some songs from solo ventures that other members of Megadeth and Metallica have done, starting with Marty Friedman, a.k.a. my favorite. Um, as I said earlier, every song he's done has been catchy. Um, so here's the song Forbidden City, which is my absolute favorite song by him. That is off of his 1988 have a call. Here we go. Hello. Give me one second. I just need to plug my headphones in so I can hear you. Sorry, I can't hear you right now. <laughs> oh, that that's because I don't have that. Oh, hello? Are you there? Thank you for calling McAllister College. We are located at 1600 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. To further direct your call, please choose one of the following options. I'm sorry, I don't really know how to like put on a phone call. Let me you might want to call back, actually. Um, let me just drop the call real quick, and then uh, call back, and I'll get you on the air. Just give me one second. Thank you for calling McAllister College. I'm really 
really sorry about that. Just give me one second. All right, we're going to go back to Forbidden City by Marty Friedman. We have a mutual friend who turned me on to your show, and I'm very much enjoying it. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I heard that our mutual friend said that your favorite Metallica bassist is Jason Newstead. Care to enlighten me on why? Yeah, um, I like what he does texturally. Um, I find it more interesting the way he's, he uses like the five string and, and does a lot of. Um, uh, more flowing counterpoint type things. Yeah. Um, I love Cliff. Cliff I really so do. Good. I love him, but Jason Newstead is just awesome. Like that beginning riff in King Nothing that I just played. Oh man, that was good. Oh yeah, he, he really shines like the solo intros and melodic things like that that, that Cliff really didn't do. Yeah. I feel like Cliff Burton's, all of his bass solos are just and like Jason Newstead's are a little more like varied but also like in the background cliff burton is just really like awesome you know like in the four horsemen when he goes or like the intro of through who the bell tours where he goes but i feel like solos could be a little more like except for the one in orion which i just really love um his solos could be a little more you know varied and I think Jason Newstead mm-hmm. is just better at being buried. I agree. I agree. Um, I've, I've learned to play bass lines from both eras. Mm. And Jason's stuff is just, it, 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 it's so smooth. Especially when he breaks out like the, the uh, fretless and does all the slidey stuff. And it's just wonderful. The next song actually is from his band that he made after Metallica Newstead. It's called Soldier Head. And I think one thing I really love about Jason is the fact that he, like, did really cool vocals. Like, there's a concert he did with Megadeth, like, a song he did. He sang Phantom Lord with Megadeth in 2013 in, like, multiple cities. It was really cool. Um, (laughs) 
sort of thing. <laughs> like, I think someone in the comments was like, it's when your ex and your other ex unite to like go against you. But I feel like <laughs> unlike Dave Mustaine, you know, Jason Houston is just like really chill and a very humble dude and isn't like mad about Metallica or anything. He was just like, yeah, that happened. But like, I learned a lot from it and I got a lot out of it. So I'm chill and Dave Mustaine's like, Lars made fun of me once. So I'm gonna make fun of him to be the bad drummer, you know? And I thought I agree, Lars yeah. is sort of a bad drummer. Like if you listen to Blackened, Oh boy. Um, like, he sort of gets off time a few times, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for calling in. Uh, your name's Katie, right? That's correct. Very pretty name. Thank you. I actually named myself Jason for a bit. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I just really like the name. It wasn't because of Jason Newstead, it was because it was a Batman character, but I was really tempted to keep it because of Jason Newstead, because he's so iconic, but I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't think it fits me. I mean, you know, it's a great name. I've, I've known a lot of Jasons that were really cool, but yeah. I also like Aaron, so, yeah, Aaron's you know, you did both. Yeah, I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Oh yeah, thank you for calling in. I really appreciated it. Have a good day. Yeah, no problem. You too. Bye. Forbidden City by Marty Friedman. Thank you so much to Katie for calling in. And uh, I really appreciated it. It was very fun to talk Jason Newstead with you. And speaking of Jason Newstead, we're going to be playing a song from the band he made after Metallica, Newstead, called Soldier Head. He's actually been recently doing sort of a more acoustic country type thing where he plays the guitar instead of bass. I'm a little miffed about that because he's such a good bass player. But um, it sounds really cool. Um, I think it's called, like, Jason Newstead and the Chop House Band. Totally look it up on YouTube. Um, also, Jason Newstead, I know you're never going to listen to this, but please come to St. Paul. Please come to St. Paul or Minneapolis. I want to see you live at one point in my life and get your autograph and maybe give you a hug and say, you know, I'm sorry that James and Lars were so mean to you. <laughs> He'd probably be like, yeah, it's chill, you know. I had a great time in Metallica, but, like, oh, my gosh, he is my favorite Metallica member. Anyway... So here is Soldier Head by Newstead.
that was Soldier Head by Jason Newstead. Did I mention how much I love Jason Newstead? Yes, I have about five times. Anyway, I love that he's so versatile on vocals. Like in the Chop House band, he sings a really nice sort of country twang, sort of chill vocal. He said he was done with metal. Like he's like, you know, I've done metal for like 30 years. I'm good when asked about it. And you know, I thought that was really cool. And meanwhile, Newstead, you know, he sort of gives a <laughs> type vocal. And I thought that was awesome too. You know, he's such a versatile dude. And I even gave him some place to like play a little bass, like like doo doop, doo doop, doo doop, doo doo doop. Anyway, we're going to get on to Marty Friedman's most recent album, Tokyo Jukebox 3. After, after he left Megadeth, he moved to Japan and sort of became a Japanese guitar superstar. He's, al he's always um, sort of been into Japan. He was fluent in Jap Japanese even when he was with Megadeth. There's a funny video of him <laughs> reading a love letter from a Japanese fan in the car in Megadeth. And he was like, well, she's a little mad at me that I didn't talk to her at the last gig we were at. And Dave Mustaine throws it out of the car window. Very Dave Mustaine of Dave Mustaine. Anyway, here's my favorite song off of Tokyo Jukebox 3 on Marty Freeman's most recent album. It's called USA.
All right, everyone, that was USA by Marty Friedman. Um, today, um, this e these are my last two minutes. I'm allowed on the air. And next week, we're going to be going over my five favorite tragic artists from the 90s, including Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Pantera, um, or Pantera, however you say it, um, Pantera, Typo Negative, and what was the other one? Soundgarden. Anyway, thank you for listening in. And uh, I really appreciate your patronage. Thank you for Katie for calling in. And thank you for my friends on the Discord server I'm on for talking with me about this while the songs were playing. I really appreciate it. Everyone, have a good day.